0: Find their written and premium audio content at UTHDynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose.
1: Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now.
0: Welcome to Under the Helmet, Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons. Got Katie Flower here, official show of UTHDynasty.com, home to over 250 premium podcasts annually. You want to get your Dynasty audio content on from the premium side. A lot of stuff, including uh, this week, we just had a Dynasty Auction Startup Interrogation Room. So highly valuable discussion there for those looking to get into auction uh, team building. And just again, talking about the philosophies of team building. And frankly, we're going to be talking about existing leagues uh, this week and next week as well with Katie, uh, that we're going to talk about how to address, ideally, each skill position. So this is when you're already into a league, it could be taking over an orphan, it could be removed from your startup draft, but at some point you have a need at each position, what's the best way? So we're going to give some tips of of what's the best method from our view, could be best bang for the buck, could be what secures it the the most uh, stable... Of, of future years so that you don't have to band-aid it yet again. So, Katie, this is a good discussion because it's very rare for a long span of time to have a team with essentially, quote unquote, no weaknesses or no areas that you can seek to improve. So we're going to discuss pretty much the roadmap and the toolbox here for how to improve each skill position.
1: Yeah, it sounds good. And uh, I would like to add that not only how to improve, but things not to do. Uh, to not panic and the things that would be the worst case scenario for you to try to fix the position. Because a lot of dynasty owners tend to do more of what they shouldn't do rather than what they should do.
0: Right. And we've talked about it before. Enhance maybe the things you are doing. Occasionally add something that you aren't doing on a positive end. But we've talked before about just eliminating or minimizing the things you do that are not good plays historically. It might work out once. Uh, you might get fortunate in how a trade or a certain way to uh, adapt and address your roster can work out in the short term. But if you do it consistently, uh, eventually that, uh, that uh, basket's going to get burned up. <laughs> so yeah. you have to be really, really careful. Um, so I'll start out with a, a positive one here. So we're going to be talking about quarterback and running back this week. And I think the, the 1.0 strategy, and this provides a bigger fix for the now but also for the near term of say the next two three years which is all you should really be looking at anyway from dynasty a lot can happen and I'm gonna say look for the undervalued uh, veteran profile and that could be on the high end so quarterback and I'm talking mainly superflex so we can talk about one quarterback and in, uh, in a second but in superflex, you want to have that ability to say, I'm stable, whether it's QB1, QB2, that would be ideal so that you don't feel you have to make a reactionary move that might be suboptimal. So those undervalued veterans, typically when they get over 30, sometimes there's select profiles at certain price points over 35 that apply. I'm thinking of guys in the Matthew Stafford would be the very high end. Aaron Rodgers would be on the high-ish end as well. Tom Brady could be more of a one to two year window type option that's cheaper than a Stafford. And then you've got your Carr, Cousins, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, even on the very low end of like QB 30 or something like that. So you have a variety of price points And all of these, to some degree, will stabilize your position in the shorter-term window, some of them in the longer-term window. But if you can provide yourself with an undervalued profile of the veteran variety, you take out the bust risk of spending a lot of of capital in your rookie drafts or going after a splash player that you think is going to ultimately fix your position that could be a lot more costly.
1: Oh, exactly. I think that is one of the uh, best thing i had that on my list as well but i would add dak prescott russell wilson and even deshaun watson into that mix of undervalued assets Uh, They're right up there higher, closer to the top as far as production goes, but they're still considered undervalued. I don't know if you saw Jordan's post earlier today on Twitter, but he asked, as a dynasty asset, who would you rather have, Dak Prescott or Trey Lance? And a lot of people are already saying Trey Lance. Trey Lance hasn't done a doggone thing in the NFL yet. There's a lot of hype surrounding him. If I had Trey Lance, I would trade him for Dak Prescott plus, and you could probably get that. I had an offer the other day in a 14-team league, which in a 14-team league super flex, uh, quarterbacks are a lot more scarce than on a 12-team because of the number of starters out there. And I really couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the offer. They offered me Trey Lance for Derek Carr, my 23 first, 23 third and a 24 third it's like really what has Trey Lance done to earn that kind of capital is there that big of a difference between Derek Carr and Trey Lance when it comes to points per game we don't know what Trey Lance can do he could be all legs and more like your Jalen Hurts kind and some people may be fine with that, but we haven't even seen that out of him. Yeah, the reports are coming in pretty good that that uh, he's doing great, but no way are you going to fix your, your quarterback position by buying a young quarterback. This segues into mine, which is don't chase the young quarterback, whether it's in a rookie draft and you are drafting for need instead of best player available. That's a big mistake, but... You cannot try to fix your quarterback situation primarily through chasing a young, either rookie or first or second year player.
0: Yeah. Cause that rookie, a lot of times it's year two minimum before they really start giving you something. So how does that fix the position? You know, cause if you're sitting here, you should be thinking competitively for the current year that's coming up. And so if you draft a rookie that has longer term, you know, build the the cupboard of talent type implications, and that doesn't really address your your near term. Well, I'm light at quarterback, and I'm trying to win. So um, here's a here's a sneaky one that honestly I wrote down a few other things before I came up with this one, because and this is something that we've talked about before that it's super flex. So you technically don't have to start a secondary quarterback. So if you are light, how about this for effects? Let's say you're not happy with your starter. You want more pop. Maybe you want to get up to the high end of the position. So one strategy I think can be, can you package up at the position to get one cornerstone anchor quarterback? And, and that just makes your job easier. I mentioned before, you sit here from a startup draft three, four years ago where you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a lot of time and latitude to figure out QB two. So if you have that one guy where you say, I'm good, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to put the recliner up and I feel good about QB1 for a while, then I think you can do a lot of these other things at your leisure or when it fits and you're not going to feel pressure at all. So sometimes addressing the position, a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, well, they actually have two or three decent quarterbacks. They might be between QB 12 and 15 all the way to QB 30, but they have three NFL starters. And it's like, I don't think you're that bad. Like I, I think you're fine. You're playing a rotation, played the matchups. I one or two of them, I can actually make a pitch that they have some good upside. So a lot of times people freak out because they don't have that one cornerstone anchor guy and they think they're behind their neighbors. You know, it's like the shiny object stuff. So I would say if that is you, if I just described you, maybe you can package up a couple of the quarterbacks. Try to get way up, maybe include your maybe include one of your picks for this year, because obviously the future a lot more variables involved. But hey, I know what 107 is in my super flex draft. Let me put that together with my starting quarterback. And now I get way up so that I can actually feel good and sleep at night. So getting that one anchor, not building out two, three, four guys and thinking that you're so far away, but lock down that one spot so that you feel safe and comfortable.
1: Right. And then you could potentially in the next couple of years, luck out on having a rookie pick that ends up being a decent number two quarterback but you're not chasing it anymore now you've you've accepted the fact that hey it's super flex I think people overrate quarterbacks in super flex anyway I've said this a number of times through the past but you don't have to start that second quarterback and sometimes it's more sense to start a stud running back or a stud wide receiver in the super flex position because of their matchup. And people will panic and freak out and think, Oh, I have to have three. I have to have four, or I have to have X number in their mind, or I've got to have this player, but not that player. And, and so you end up hurting your team worse than if you were to just say, all right, I've got the one stud, I can piece together, patch together, and it isn't broken. I don't need to fix it beyond just having that one stud and then other options at at that, or it's just a flex. We've seen teams, you and I chatter in a 14-team super flex league, and the guy that won it, I think it was two years ago, didn't even have a high-named quarterback. They want it on the strength of their running backs and wide receivers. I'm in another league where it's super flex. And the guy, if you look at his quarterbacks, you'd be like, what do you mean you've only got Jared Goff and uh, Trevor Lawrence or Jared Goff and uh, Carson Wentz? That's horrible. Right. But if you look at their running backs and their wide receivers and their tight ends, that's what carried them. There's more than one way to win. And, people put a little too much emphasis on quarterbacks in superflex. Now, if it's start two, completely different because then you have to start to.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go with my, my tried and true. Always start at the lowest rung. What is the most accessible and the cheapest way to address anything? That's through the waiver wire. That's through using your, your blind bidding capital. Um, and so one thing, you have to obviously allocate roster spots. So that is the actual cost to me. So that may cost you backup running backs. I don't really love that. But if you're super light at quarterback, you need shots. So either be open when, the, when an injury invariably occurs and you think the backup is good enough to hold the job for an extended amount of time in season or you know, right as the season's starting, maybe that's a time to be super aggressive you can address it right here. That's like a running back getting an extended window to be the starter. And if that happens at quarterback, it's not one-to-one. There's usually a big step down in quality from the starter to the backup. However, they will have the opportunity and you will have the proverbial warm body at quarterback that you can start. And hopefully you have the profile has enough confidence that you can see them with an extended run. So I was thinking about, so if you don't really want to shed running backs, what can you do to prep for this? Hey, I'm light at quarterback. I want to spend some more uh, waiver wire positions, some backups around the NFL. Give myself a chance. I would say, try to consolidate a little bit. Can you do that at wide receiver? Can you do that at tight end? Can you create two or three roster spots through trading, maybe it's for a future pick, excess stuff, maybe it's a package up, two for one sort of thing. But all of a sudden you get two or three backup quarterbacks around the NFL, you got a chance. You've got a a dice roll throw to have them for free. And guess what? If someone gets dinged up, maybe you churn out the guy you have, a backup variety for another one, that now you say, ah, some mobile quarterback just got dinged up. He might be more suspect this next week. You start playing those games like we would at running back. So that's the lowest end. Just be willing to spend a few more roster spots and a few more waiver dollars in aggression as that season and as the injuries start to happen. That can be probably your easiest outlet that doesn't require trading with anybody um, or any variables at all other than your own mindset shift.
1: Yeah. And the thing with quarterbacks also that I want to point out is any time of the year, is a good time to buy a quarterback. So if a quarterback happens to be lowest at this time of year, like right now, Baker Mayfield's profile is decent, but his, his stock is way down. If you want to have him as your number two, number three, he's somebody I think that you could attain right now, very cheap, before he gets a trade or a starting job someplace else, you know he's going to get another opportunity. Now would be the time for a guy like him. And same thing with even Ryan Tannehill. Everything's pointing down for him. They're saying, oh, Malik Willis is going to take his job. Malik Willis is going to take his job. I call BS on that. I don't think that's going to happen. If it does, it won't be anytime soon. But those are the kinds of things, because of the um, everything is up in the air about that person, that gives you a discount and quarterbacks they're not like running backs where you want to wait and buy them in season like I said you can buy quarterbacks at any time of the year unless they're 48 years old Uh, we don't have any like that yet at this point but uh with Tom Brady I might want to wait until later closer to the season make sure he doesn't get injured but everybody else it's all good fair game
0: Okay. Uh, any other quarterback tips and tricks here for addressing the position? That was it. All right. Uh, running back. Um, I'm going to start off again, like low hanging fruit for the for the quarterback, but this would actually be my 1.0. I'm light at running back. Well, you need more volume, plain and simple. Attrition happens. We see it all the time. Running back two, three, four, even a guy that wasn't even on the team gets a shot uh, at some point to start games in the season. And I think, first of all, people freak out too much about, oh, I only have one starting running back week one. Well, just wait for the season to start. And that's probably going to change if you got a bunch of backup. So I would say, use the roster spots, use the waiver wire, and just pay more attention. Um, it's something that I've been doing at UTH for a few years now of the running back injury away matrix. I record shows on it every single week. It is of hyper importance just because an injury prone position that, I mean, you are in harm's way, my friend. It is one of the deadliest jobs in America when you look at uh, injuries. And uh, with running back, uh, it's one that, again, it can shift on a dime and the backups a lot of times can replicate a good percentage of what the guy in front of them just did. It's based on opportunity. So just think more with your roster spots and being that Uh, preemptive bidding, the injury away guy is the guy you can get for a dollar. And once they get the job, they wouldn't go for a dollar on your waiver wire.
1: Right. Those are the only kind of running backs that I don't mind trading for in the off season is those guys that are underrated, an injury away. So they are traded away for a song. You don't want to wait until they have the starting role to buy them. By then it's way too late. Uh, So I agree with that. My one big fix for the position is just patience, patience, patience. Grow your running backs organically through through the rookie draft. Get as many extra draft picks. Identify which classes. We know already that next year is a loaded running back draft class. So what should you be doing? Acquiring second-round picks. Acquiring uh, additional first-round picks if you can. Most people are holding their 2023 first-round picks with a vice grip. Okay, get some second round picks. There's going to be some quality shots in the second round. Not everybody can go at 101. Not everybody can go at 102. There's only two players, one at the first and one at the second. There's going to be some good quarterbacks in next year's class. So in a super flex, that's going to push your running backs down even further. But grow your running backs organically. And this is not the time of year to be buying running backs unless they're a bridge guy or a injury away guy that you can get on the cheap and just stash, like I agree with you, with the quantity, quantity, quantity.
0: Yeah, because roster spots do have a value, but running backs have such big potential. I will say in premium formats for quarterbacks, they have big potential of what they would go for if they already had the job, which you already brought up. Um, And just to put one more spin on that rookie draft focus is just, just think running back and think in your rookie draft, I need to have a good reason not to draft the running back with these picks. And if you start thinking that way, that I think going back a few years, tracking my results, I mean, it's something like 70% of my picks in rookie drafts are running backs. And that includes super flex leagues, that includes ones that have a two tight end element. Uh, they're in there. So again, it's just a focus and a mindset of I want to get the 21, 22 year old running back. I want to get the guy that. Is going to get some opportunities to be injury away or better at, at early parts in their career. The, the early return factor is, is greater than a wide receiver and these other positions. You get the bang for your buck and you get that pop potential. So again, just, just thinking it's running back and then maybe it's something else, as opposed to just, ah, oh, this rookie pick could be anything. So instead of just saying, you know, saying it's 25% for each position or something, start to just shift it a little bit. uh, You know, that makes you a little uncomfortable of thinking. When in doubt, it's running back. Um, The last thing, and it's kind of what you mentioned that uh, uh, that you mentioned. It's not really the time to go after veterans and high end guys. Um, I will say, if you do, and and again, I would still let it play out with your backups, and let's see how these depth charts work out. Because one injury, and all of a sudden, you feel a lot better. You know, and we saw injuries last summer. J.K. Dobbins. uh, We saw Cam Akers. They shifted how depth charts look before you even set a lineup. And so I would say the older veterans, if they are A, uh, let's let's say you are unwilling to allocate a ton of roster spots for running back. For whatever reason it is, you just don't want to do it. Then you need to upgrade a little bit through your lineup and through your top two, three, four guys. I understand that part. So I would say at least minimum, go after those older veterans that are discounted, but they're not 31 years old. We don't really have those. So, I mean, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, these are affordable, Leonard Fournette, these are affordable profiles. And what did I just put in common? I just put in common guys that have been there, done that many times in in seasons in their career. So they have high end upside, they're relatively affordable, all of them are around running back 20 or later. And so you need to be very specific about who you go after, have a price point and say, hey, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to explore the other options. If you haven't had your rookie draft you can yet, yeah, you can still address that. The waiver wire, you can always shift your mindset with that, with roster spots. But if you are going to do it, try, just like quarterback, try to get bang for your buck if you are trading. And that would be who are guys that look like they could be on multi-year windows. They've been there, they've done that, and their job isn't really a question mark.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that you could look into doing is taking a guy that's getting close to that cliff, a guy like Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry. And if you could get younger at the position and get an extra draft pick or two in next year's draft class,
0: you're doing multiple. That's things. perfect. You're yeah. just
1: resetting the clock and you're getting yourself potential running backs for next year's class or good players for next year's class. And have you really lost a huge step? I guess that depends on what your pivot is and what you accept, but um, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's finish out here with a few dynasty trades. I've got a couple with running backs involved. Uh, And frankly, uh, these aren't really ones we discussed in terms of addressing the position. So let's see, did they get good value? What side is the right side? And uh, what can we take away from deals like this? So we've got Superflex. We've got Cam Akers traded for a 23 first and second. What are your thoughts on this from from either end of it?
1: Uh, I think it's too juicy. not That first, unless it's like super high, but even then, um, I think just with Cam Akers injury, even though it would have to be... I, I don't. I, I would say if it looks like it's going to be a top six pick, that's a no brainer. If it looks like it's going to be seven through nine, I still think you do the, the pick trade. Um, if it's going to be 11 or 12, then I'd probably want a little bit more or another something. I'd rather have the acre side, I guess.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm leaning towards the picks just because I know generally, you know, you're you're pretty good at running back, and you can you can play the volume game. And I just think unless Cam Akers a looks himself, you know, pre injury, and a lot of times it takes more than one season to get back there. He came back just a few months after the Achilles. This is he's in unknown waters. Is he if he looks the same as he did in those games, or or just not three steps up from that? his value is you're not going to be able to get a first. I'll say that right now. You're not even even going to be able to get a first. And unless he actually produces like a top eight to 10 guy minimum, you won't be able to get this. So I think there's a lot of risk that A, he doesn't provide impact for your team, and B, his market value is such that you just can't get this. And we know these 23 picks are going to be insulated. We know when you get to the offseason, you're going to have tons of options. Heck, you make this trade now. You wait till October, November. You could trade that first for something that can help your team anyway, even if you're not even getting all the way. So uh, I, I think I would take the picks and it's specific to Acres. It's not that I would never trade a future first for a running back or anything. It's specifically the risk factor involved in guys like Acres and Dobbins and just what's going to happen this year where let it play out a little bit. And if anything, you have a lot of options by doing a trade like this for another running back. Um, how about in Superflex, we've got Saquon Barkley on the move for 104 and Mitch Trubisky.
1: Oof, give me uh, Saquon Barkley.
0: Okay, because four we're looking at, every once in a while, we see Kenneth Walker fall to four or something like that. You are not pro- count on it. I know, and you're probably in wide receiver alley at 104 Probably not Drake London. So you're looking at Traylon Burks, you're looking at um, you know, Garrett Wilson and and options like that in the mid-first Trubisky. We don't even have a sense of how many games he'll start. So right. I mean, he could go the route of Blake Bortles and it within 18 months be out of the league. Uh, he could be someone that doesn't get passed around as a stopgap starter, and he might not even be one this year. I know Barkley's risky, but this feels like, I mean, again. He's multiple years now removed, you know, he's actually on the mend and he, he has the best chance he has to get back on track from his early career. It's risky. He's mid-career right now. And if things don't go right, he could be on the Michael Thomas track of when was the last time he played and looked good and all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it feels like Barkley is a side here.
1: And now if it were somebody like Barkley for the 104 plus a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, In Superflex, I would do that a hundred percent. Right. But Mitch Trubisky, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, the only first-round quarterback that was drafted is on his team. Yep. (laughs) Right. So.
0: And that means you're on the clock. Trubisky's on the clock. And how long do we think? Even if he is the starter, how long do we think he holds him off?
1: He's new to that team. They've got no allegiance to him necessarily. So, yeah.
0: All right. We got the last one here, uh, and it's wide receivers. So in Superflex, we've got Marquise Brown, recently moved teams, and a 23 second for Keenan Allen.
1: Hmm. Um, I think it's pretty close. I'd probably want – it depends on, on the yeah. form. I think it's very close. It just depends on my team. Uh, I don't hate either side.
0: Yeah, I think Marquise Brown is a tough one for me. If I were to name five or so wide receivers that I just don't know how to feel about them, Marquise Brown is one. You know, a late a late bloomer in terms of finally getting to a top twenty four season, but now he changes teams. That's not usually a great look. But he was paired
1: with his his college quarterback, which right
0: and and he's in, but he's in a system where I say, "Mm, how's that going to go? How, right. I, I, like Arizona is that team where it looks all flashy on paper, but then you watch these games, and there's just with Kyler Murray as a passer, there's something missing. So, yeah. and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he could certainly command a ton of targets still this year. So the second round pick has value for sure in Superflex, but I just think if if you tell me Keenan Allen locked in with Justin Herbert for even the next two years, like I think he provides more value, and just again screw screw market value that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about okay. impact for your team impact for the team. I mean honestly he could provide in this one year more value to you than Marquise Brown does for the rest of his career. Like I just think that there's that much of a ceiling difference. I don't think Marquise Brown has the huge ceiling. So I mean if, if Keenan Allen finishes in the top 10 or so of PPR, I mean I think that that provides huge value. So I'd probably go with that. I do think market value is probably pretty close. So I think a first is too much. A second sounds about right. A third sounds like not enough. I know some people might take Marquise Brown straight up. So um, I, I think you're in the window here of what is appropriate, but I still think team dynamic wise, I'll figure out a couple of years from now if Keenan Allen is taking a step down a la Larry Fitzgerald or something like that, where he's more of a wide receiver, three, four, but I think he's going to age pretty gracefully. All right, uh, Katie, what do you think about uh, final thoughts this week? And of course, we have to mention Pig Suey, your Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, are headed to the College World Series. So that's exciting stuff as well that we were talking about over the weekend.
1: Yes, uh, the Razorbacks did make it to Omaha, and I am on my way up there, leaving Friday, going to be there for the weekend. Um, So any listeners in the Omaha area... I'm just going to be up there for one night, but I, if you're going to be around the stadium or at the games, just let me know, and maybe we can catch a, a beer in between games or something. But I'm, you know, full-on college baseball season. As you know, I've been watching all the tournaments, the regional, super regional, locked into that. Um, so I don't really have any final thoughts on fantasy football. No. Other
0: than- Katie, did, Katie, didn't, didn't you have, uh, did you have a subscriber that, um, hooked you up? I don't know if it was the world series specifically, but it was college baseball, I believe with, you know, tickets or like you, you met up at the game previously. Yeah, that was a
1: couple years ago, okay. Evan, and he doesn't live in Omaha anymore, but then I think he just said that he moved back. But he's not going to be around this weekend. I've already. Yeah, checked in but with shout him. out to Evan because I remember yeah. I
0: remember talking about that years ago. Uh, that that was a really cool experience there.
1: Yeah, and then I was able to help him get some graphics jobs, so we 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 helped each other out.
0: Excellent, excellent, win win. Uh, yeah, um, I, I wanted to shout out some of the the most recent uh, content that I've put, been putting out. A lot of analysis on profiles, um, and just also I wanted to shout out the, uh, the UTH patron uh, VIP. Uh, shows. I, I put one of those out every week. There's a VIP chat. And so if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com UTH, um, a way to give back there. And again, a lot of the content like UTH Trade Calculator being updated regularly. Uh, I, I've started putting out uh, monthly strategy sessions that you're going to see embedded on the Trade Calculator page, a how-to. So that'll get scrubbed about every year or so as needed. But then the monthly strategy sessions are going to give you pinpoint advice on how to use the calculator, some players of note, that might differ from the market, might differ from UTH rankings, that uh, I kind of go into the granular approach that th- the the divide between those player values and how you can exploit the market as well. So Katie will be busy uh, getting her college baseball on. But again, if you want to find her uh, outside of in-person, if you want to find her online, you can find her on Twitter, send her a message uh, at FF underscore Skyler 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL, and until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.